Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You are listening to SEC After Dark with Stephen Willis, Corey Burton, and Jeb Beecham. All right, guys. Welcome to SEC After Dark. I am Stephen Willis along with Corey Burton, and we're going to have a little bit of fun tonight. Um, tonight's beer is again sponsored by Land Shark, and I'm already well into that. And, and doing Samuel it. Adams, I All right. can't. I, I swear I know how to turn. Mm. Got the submarine it's, going. It, yeah, it's weird, and this little bug's getting in the way, and I'm trying to show all that stuff. But anyway, before we get started, you want to follow the show, you can watch it on the um, at the Stephen Willis or at the Rebel Walk, Facebook.com slash Palmcast, Facebook.com slash The Rebel Walk, Positively Ole Miss on YouTube, and Twitch, Positively Ole Miss, all one word. On YouTube, subscribe, hit the bell. You'll not only know that we're streaming, you'll know what we're streaming about. And what have you got, Corey? And I, I'm right now I'm retweeting it uh, on my Twitter at Coach Burton36. Um, at Believe in Dogs, you can find my other show. We're going live tomorrow. We're having Vinny Hardy on. We're going to preview the Kentucky Wildcats, so a little preview there. Uh, we are basically uh, Beast of the East got kicked off this week, so I'm fired mm-hmm. up about that. Um, also, you can find me on the gram. You can find me on Facebook. I'll probably honestly share it on Facebook after the fact. So that's where you can find me. That's where I'm going to put it out. And then, of course, it will live on my YouTube channel at uh, the Believe in Georgia Dogs uh, YouTube channel as well. So uh, enjoy that. Uh, go check that out. But wherever Steve said to go, go. Exactly. Exactly. Also, Kevin Bohannon and Jake Thomas will be taking the lead for the best of the West podcast that will date next you about week. That. Yeah, it, it's pretty good. They agreed to it yesterday. Um, yeah, it should be a lot of fun, but just a different perspective amongst the Western Division. Real similar to Beast of the East. Um, it'll be shared with them for their um, podcatchers and things like that, um, just like the Beast of the East. Um, but it should be really cool with the, the best of the West, Beast of the East, SEC After Dark. We have a night, little, nice little nighttime experience developing here. We're we're fi- we're hitting that market, man, and I, I yeah. love it. Yeah, it is big time. And on Thursday night, by the way, for the people that follow Positively Ole Miss, um, you can catch potentially the Rebel Walk recruiting show. That's what we're trying to get set up for Thursday night. So it'll be Monday through Thursday night shows that will be available also for podcasting um, in the morning. So as soon as you wake up first thing in the morning, it will be there for you. So that's that's the idea behind that. Now, Whenever we talk about SEC Media Days, we always talk about this circus. This year, there's no fans allowed in the lobby, although I think a couple are going to try and sneak in. Mm-hmm. Um, and normally, three players go to SEC Media Days. This year, only two players get to go in. And I'm very disappointed by the lack of quarterbacks. 
at the SEC media days. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Like, there's only what three quarterbacks going? Yeah, I think it's Bo Nix, Matt Corral, and JT Daniels. And props to um, yeah. those programs because those are the players that people um, want to hear from. And mm-hmm. JT Daniels and Matt Corral are probably the best two quarterbacks in the league. So, right. you know, they have to go. But no Emory Jones, um, no Miles Brennan or Max Johnson, no Ken Seals at Vanderbilt. You, th- you would think um, Ken Seals at Vanderbilt would have been a layup for them. No Connor Basilak at Missouri. That would have been yeah, a that layup. Yeah, that would have been. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Who else and, is going from them? Yeah, and, and it, there's – a lot of no names going, you know, don't want to, you know, talk too badly about them. There's a lot of no games like Fedarian Mathis and John Mechie at Alabama. Yeah. Um, Myron Cunningham, an offensive lineman, and Grant Morgan, a linebacker. Now, Grant Morgan's a great player and he probably deserves to go, but, you know, why not, why not include KJ Jefferson there? Exactly. Uh, um, Bo Nix, you know, good call. Um, you want to hear from Bo Nix, especially with all the, improvement mm-hmm. um that you're going to see because Auburn is notoriously um overhyping quarterbacks in the preseason but Owen Papoi um linebacker Florida two defensive players yeah what, Emory Jones two defensive players you know I, you just don't understand and it, it looks like people are just not taking this seriously honestly Georgia JT no, Daniels not. and Jordan Davis I have no problem there um, Kentucky, Darian Kennard, offensive tackle, and Josh Pascal. They like to play um, in the trenches. You know, that fits Kentucky what they were. I don't know what they're going to be now. LSU, De- Derek Stingley Jr., I like that pick. Um, Austin De- that. Yeah, Austin Deculus, um, like that. Ole Miss, Matt Corral, and Jalen Jones. Jalen Jones has been there for about 10 years at this point. Um, Mississippi State, Austin, Aaron Brule. And Austin Williams, that's a fairly <clears throat> pedestrian group. Missouri, Akil Byers and Case Cook. South Carolina, Kingsley. Um, in a in a bear. I don't know that one. Um yeah. Muse, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, Tennessee, Bellis Jones and Alante Taylor, Texas AM, Kenyon Green, DeMarvin <laughs> Lill. Um, Vanderbilt, Bradley Ashmore, um, Davion Davis. So I think we can um, safely call this media days, you know, the media days in the trenches, the media days, um, the Oklahoma drill media days. I don't know, but there's not a lot of skill players going to this year's turn. This year's no, media days. It, it's really just hog fest, right? Yeah, it, it, it's crazy. Hopefully these guys have good personalities and they're not just like trying to hold stuff back and they kind of, you know, and then in the age of name, image, and likeness, hopefully they kind of turn loose a little bit. Oh, they're they're going to be they're going to walk around like a bunch of NASCARs, like you know, all decorated with logos and stuff. I, I guarantee you that, or at least next year they will be. So that'll be uh, that'll be kind of fun. The f- the first media days with the name, image, likeness, and all that good stuff, and see where you know if they haven't been branded, we'll see where they're branding themselves. But yeah, I mean. You know, lack of star power at the quarterback position, but kudos to sending some linemen. Yeah. Cool. I'm for it. Send yeah. the big boys. I have no problem with them being there. I just think that, like, Connor Basilak and guys like Emory Jones. Yeah. Connor Basilak would have been as a no brainer. Yeah. Everyone wants to hear from Emory Jones. I mean, come on. You got to be aware of this situation, you know? Like, I, I love the I love the linemen, but I mean, Basilak, 
Seals, Will Rogers, Emory Jones. Like, there's some good quarterbacks in this league. They don't have star power, but there's some good quarterbacks in this league. Yeah, it's a situation where um, in two years down the road, this is going to be another packed league at the quarterback position where it's mm-hmm. completely stacked um, from top to like seven or eight of just really good players. And these yeah. are all those young guys now, you know, paying their dues. Yeah, absolutely. Like, um, I'm, I'm, I'm all for it, though. You know, we're going to see what kind of year – uh, Will Rogers is going to have at Mississippi State. I'm excited to see what what he can bring. Can he make this Egg Bowl really exciting? I mean, what, what are we going to see out of that? Uh, that would be something that I would be interested in in seeing. Like, how is this offense progressing? You know, and get it from the eyes of the quarterback with with year two under Leach. You know, because yeah. we know what Mike Leach does. He he destroys it and then builds it back up. I mean, he 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 rams the program into rock bottom in year one. He's done it everywhere he's been. Yeah, and he slowly builds it up. And I think year three, um, and Mississippi State fans, that's that's the year to look forward to. Year three, they build up. I think Washington State have competed for the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. Um, Texas Tech, the same thing. You build it up and you get there, and everybody can do these different things and these different reads in the pass mm-hmm. route. Like I read Mike Leach's book way back when, you know, Swing Your Sword. And oh, I love about, that book, yeah. Yeah, he talks about the pass route six. And it's essentially just a go route for everybody. It's that play in Madden where everybody is going deep. But his little tweak to it is every five or six yards, the receiver is looking back to the quarterback and the ball could be in the air. So it could be a go route, but you could get the ball at 10 yards. And so, you're also reading coverage too, Steve. Yeah. Uh, like if if there's a cornerback sitting on top of you and you can't you can't get past him, you're taught at about eight, eight to ten to twelve somewhere in that range, depending on how fast you are, to sit. And the quarterbacks know that. It's kind of a choice route. It's really just a choice concept where you have, you know, and and the more you get into it, the more experience you have with it, it turns from a two-way go to almost a four-way go where you can go, run a post, run a comeback, or just hook up and run the curl. Like, you have four different options on that, and the quarterback knows that. So. That's what you look forward to in year three. And that's where this air raid system really kind of starts taking off is when these guys understand the nuances of the, of the place. Yeah. Yeah. So it's important for other teams in the West to get, take this year to get their P's and Q's right defensively because Mississippi Mm -hmm. state is coming. They're actually coming. They're going to be here. There's a historical precedent for this happening and it's all going according to plan. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's all it's all right there. I mean, everyone everyone in in the country, or everyone in the state of Mississippi that are that are Bulldog fans are are freaking out, except for Mike Leach and his staff. Like mm-hmm. he's not freaking out. He knows exactly what he's doing. He's getting the right guys in there, the guys that are bought in, and they're going to have the right mix of people. and And he's going to get his he's going to get his people in there. And Fortunately for them, it's it's a system that you don't have to have the number one class every year. You just have to have some guys that can run and that are that are smart. Yeah, this is what Mississippi State also needs to realize. It's much like what the service academies do. They run something so different that those great players that are a fit for that system are not going to show up as four and five star players that mm-hmm. are fits in another system. So don't really pay attention too much to the rankings. You'll see guys that come in that were two and three stars that are going to be excellent in the system. And um, other than a running back, I, I don't see them getting a running back. They might get a scat back from time to time. 
But, you know who you know who one of his best running backs was at Washington State uh, was the guy that was there when he left uh, Alex Borgie. Really like him. Uh, State fans, if if you get a guy like Alex Borgie, um, that's going to be really really dangerous for the for the rest of the league because that guy is is a universal. I always I always figure out who's going to be the Swiss Army knife of the offense. Like every offense has one. Uh, in their own way. And, and Mike for Mike Leach is the running back, the, the guy that can run the inside zone well enough to, to, to be able to open up things in the past game. Alex Borgie is that guy for, for Washington state. Uh, and, and he was that guy for Mike Leach and, and Gardner Minshew. Now he's got to find that at state. He's got to find that guy that's willing to play that role. So like saying, Hey, you're going to probably carry the ball 15, 20% of the time. And we'll, we'll get you out in routes and the other, in the other 90% of the time. So, and you'll have to pass protect a little bit too. So just be ready for that. And yeah, I'm, in, I'm interested in seeing Marks and Johnson in year two, two true freshmen that actually mm-hmm. performed well in the running back position after, um, oh, I can't remember his name at the moment, the running back that came back and left after like two weeks on campus. Um, yeah, he, he was, yeah, I, I God, I'm drawing a blank too. I'm, yeah. I'm going to look, I'm going to look that up. Um, but the, those guys performed very admirably and could be an answer down the road, especially um, could be an answer right away. I mean, it, it's, yeah. this is this is an offense that if it's you know you you can quickly fit in. Also, like it's not one of these long developing offenses. Like there's certain like the running back position, you can fit right on in. And. Let's see, um, yeah, the, the, uh, a great um, system for that, but it's a different style of running back. Wide receivers with Jalen um, Wally or Jaden Wally, uh, I forget, I forget mm-hmm. his um, name, um, Austin Williams, two inside guys in that system. They need some outside receivers. I know Antonio Harmon ended up signing for those guys. There's a potential yeah. for him to break out eventually. I don't know how his development is coming. Um, yeah. But those guys are going to get it right. It's going to happen. Um, they might not, you know, be a 10-win team in the SEC, but they're going to get to the point where they're 6-6, six and 7-5, six, and 8-4 and four consistently. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of Jaden Wally. I, I know you brought that. He was an all-SEC freshman. Um, he, he's somebody that, you know, he, he's going to – Mike Leach is going to move him around some, and, and he's going to try to play that – He's looking for his next Michael Crabtree. Let's let's just be real about that. Um, and I, I'm all for it. Kylan Hill is the uh, there Kylan he is. Hill. That's the name. That's the name. Um, Kylan Hill. He right now he is. I think I think he got picked up by the Packers in the NFL. Yeah. Free agent, something like that. Anyway, but uh, yeah. Sounds about right. So uh, look out for Jaden Wally. I think he's somebody uh, he against. I remember watching him against Georgia going, this guy's a problem. Mm-hmm. This guy's a big problem. So you got to contain him and, and he'll be, he'll learn multiple spots now and he'll be somebody that's going to be all over the place. So look out for him. State fans. I'm excited for it. So let's see what we got. Yeah. And um, also in that division, um, we'll just go up to um, Arkansas and do our questions around the league. Is K.J. Jefferson an SEC quarterback? If he is, Arkansas is going to take another step. Um, Whether that's five wins or six wins, we don't know yet. But 
it's going to all hinge on KJ Jefferson because other skill guys are there and that system is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And the system is fantastic. So mm-hmm. I, I think what, when you, when you look at what they're asking him to do, um, I think he's going to be a, a good fit. I mean, I, I think he's going to be a better version of Felipe Franks, a, a version of Felipe Franks that takes better care of the football. And and that's really what it is because I, I think he can make a lot of short, quick throws. He can, I think he can function in the RPO game. And I think they'll, uh, because he's a dual threat guy, um, he'll, he'll be a little bit counted on in the run game too, to, uh, to kind of help ease the burden on the running back. So, um, I, I think he can be in his own right. I mean, is he going to be the same caliber as like a Matt Corral or JT Daniels? Probably not, but he doesn't need to be. And that's, that's the beautiful thing about it. So Arkansas fans, what you saw with Felipe Franks. Now there's going to be some lumps. There's going to be some growing pains uh, for KJ Jefferson, but I think he's going to have a, a, a quicker learning curve than Felipe Franks. I mean, Felipe Franks, we know what he was. He, he was turnover prone. I don't know that I don't know that KJ Jefferson is that way. And and I'm I'm uh you know I'm all for it. He he was battling Malik Hornsby in the spring. Looked like he definitely didn't lose any ground, maybe, maybe even uh separate a little bit further coming out of the spring. So I mean KJ is making some plays and doing all the right things. I, I think Kendall Browse will do the right stuff with him. Um yeah, I I, I think it's gonna do a um a lot of work on the quarterback position. I, also, moving down the road to Texas A&M, have you heard anything on that quarterback competition? Who's the prohibitive favorite going into the fall, and what should we look at? There is no favorite. Uh, I mean, the 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 people that in Texas A&M land, they, they're all all the pressures on on Haynes, right? Uh, because Zach Calzada is or Calzada or however you pronounce his name, he's the one that's really really pushing pushing the, the, the decision or the, the indecision, I should say, uh, Haynes King is, is the, you know, everyone's saying that he should be the starter. He's got, he's the one with the more talent. He's got the more, he's got the higher upside, the higher ceiling. Um, but for whatever reason, Calzada is making it difficult for, for Jimbo to, to name a quarterback and Calzada is good in his own right. But to me, it's gotta be Haynes King, or I think A&M takes a step back. Cause I, I don't know that they can, I don't know that they can win the West with Calzada. I think if Haynes plays the way he's capable of, I think that's your guy that can beat Bama and, and win the West. So Haynes King would be for for a term that you would understand the JT Daniels of the A and M, and the Stetson yeah. Bennett would be the other guy. <laughs> Not quite Stetson Bennett. Um, <laughs> he's a little bit better than Stetson Bennett, but I, I think. In a way, yes. In a way, he's making it very, very difficult. Let's just let's just put it that way. Um, he's making it very, very difficult for for Jimbo to to make a decision. So, um, but I, I like both of these guys. I, I think I think Calzada could could start anywhere else. But and I think Calzada might leave if he doesn't win the starting job because I I think he go over like TCU and and start. He could go down to Baylor and start. He can go over to the Big Twelve anywhere and start. Um, hell, he might be able to go up to Arkansas and start. I don't know. Um, but I think it's Haynes King. I think that's who it's going to be. Um, I, I think he's real close, uh, but Calzada is making it difficult and and they're both, uh, and, and they're saying this thing could, could bleed into the season because let's look at, see who A&M plays week one. They are matched up with Kent state. So that's a perfect, like quarterback evaluation type yeah. game. 
right? And yeah. so I, I think it's going to bleed into week one. Okay. Um, what do you think about um, Texas A&M this season as a whole? Are they As a yet? whole, I, I think once they get this quarterback situation figured out, they are. Um, Isaiah Spiller is awesome, right? Uh, I'm, I'm really, really fired up about, about what they have in the run game. Uh, quarterback, you know, figure that out. But the offensive line is, is stout. Jimbo is recruiting a bunch, a bunch of talent. It, it's to the point where it doesn't matter that they lost that four-star kid to, to transfer. I can't even think of his name, but um, I don't think it matters because, you know, it's, it's, they're going to be good. I, I'm, I'm all for it. I'm, I'm a big believer in Texas A&M. Um, I'm concerned about the quarterback position. That's, and, and if they don't figure that out, like if they pick the wrong one or Haynes King wins the job and ends up faltering uh, and, and doesn't play as well as expected, that's going to be an issue. But they're not going to be short of talent, that's for sure. And they're definitely a program that once they figure out the quarterback position, yeah, watch out. Yeah, it, it should be interesting to see, especially um, over at A&M, um, what, they're, what they're doing and what they're building um, mm-hmm. to compete with Alabama, which we'll get to in just a second. And that game, I'm sure, is going to pop up in our Games of the Year um, segment that we want to talk about. But let's go down to Florida. We talk about this nearly every time. Um Square peg, round hole, Emory Jones. Will Dan Mullins try to run the Kyle Trask stuff, or will it look more like Nick Fitzgerald? Will it look more like Chris Ralph? Will it look like more like early Dak Prescott down at Gainesville? I'll say what I always say. Mm-hmm. It better. <laughs> it better not be Kyle Trask offense. Mm-hmm. It better not be that that style because you ain't uh, you're you're going to be six and six. Uh, but I think it's going to be more run. It's going to be more option. Um, probably more of the Chris Ralph, Nick Fitzgerald type offense. Uh, Dak Prescott, I think, was closer to the Kyle Trask system. He was kind of the best of both worlds there. Uh, but Dak Prescott is, you know, well, obviously Dak Prescott is starting in the NFL for the Dallas yeah. Cowboys. So we know what kind of talent he has. But, you know, I, I think they, they've got to figure out what he does well and, and feature that. And to be honest with you, he could be he could be an all SEC quarterback, and it ain't gonna matter because that defense is a mess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and one thing that I I'm curious about is like Damian Lewis in the backfield. Florida's had trouble running the ball from the running back position for a while. Now the mm-hmm. quarterback run game might open that up, but what will the running back run game look like for a team that has essentially just given up on in the last two or three years? It's it's. It's going to be a mystery because, I mean, we, we don't have any precedent mm-hmm. of, of what it's going to look like. I mean, if, if you really think about it, like, has there really been a standout running back at Mississippi State when Dan Mullen was there? Um, I forget his name. Josh something. Josh Robinson. Um, he went for over 1,000 yards. But he was with Dak Prescott. So the well, offense that, That's my point. Yeah. You had to struggle to figure that out, right? Yeah, yeah. Like they had LaMichael P. Ryan, who's playing for the Jets right now, and they couldn't, and he couldn't do much of anything. So I, this this offense is not really like great for running backs. You, you would think it would be, but but it's not. Like it's more like it's more quarterback in the run game driven. If you have the right guy, or if you have a Kyle Trask type, it's like freaking air raid where the running back's going to have you know twenty five percent of the carries. 
So, um, you know, Damian Pierce, um, you know, he's uh, Nyquan Wright, stuff like, I mean, Demarcus Bowman from Clemson, um, the transfer. So, I I mean, I I think it's, you know, it's going to be something that it's going to be a committee. It's going to be a committee effort. It's going to be just who gets the hot hand. It, you know, it, they're going to, they're going to have a mess kind of figuring it out, I think, um, because you, you don't really know who's going to break out. There's not really a superstar in there that you can say, okay, that's the guy, you know, but that's kind of the intrigue of it. Like that's kind of where I'm concerned with Florida. Like you got Emory Jones, but you got all these other pieces that like, imagine like this giant puzzle, right? You know, when you lay out all the pieces and you're like trying to figure out what fits where, you know, you're trying to like match it all up. Mm-hmm. That's what he's doing right now. Right. Last year he had all the puzzle pieces and, he, and all he was doing was just boop, 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 putting the pieces in. Right. This year he's not like the, the freaking pieces are scattered all over the table and he's like trying to find them, put them together. And to me, like you're going to spend a lot of time doing that and you're probably going to lose two or three ball games in the process. Right. Trying to figure out like we should have done this or we should have done that. Or, you know, these guys just don't have the experience to win these type of games like the like the cocktail party or even a tough road game at Kentucky or or whatever. So to me, I think you're looking at a team that's just trying to find answers right now. And there's not a whole lot of them to be had. Yeah, it's a team that could be could win 10 games this season. It's a team that could win six games this season. And yeah, you that don't know. swing, yeah, you just you just don't know what to expect. Like at Kentucky, like any other Florida team, I would probably say that's a, like a ninety percent win, right? Mm-hmm. But this year's Kentucky, this year's Kentucky team, they're always tough at home. They're always pesky at home, especially in October. And this Florida team, you know, they will have they will have come off a, a two weeks prior to that a game against Alabama where they're probably going to get smacked around. Right. Let's just be honest about that. They're going to get smacked around in the swamp. I, 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 let's make no bones about it. Then you got a Tennessee team that is terrible. Uh, the, they'll kind of get some things back there, but they really like won't like, you know, Florida Atlantic, US, USF. I mean, what are you going to get out of those games? I don't know. They're traveling to South Florida. So if you're the Gators and you're traveling to South Florida, like fire your AD because you're, you're the Gators. You don't travel to games like that but they're about to sign a two for one with central florida with a game in orlando yeah seriously wow well i don't know that's so central florida south florida things have changed maybe maybe they're going to fiu next year yeah take on they better not because butch davis will beat them um so you know you got a game at lsu which i know you're not a believer in lsu but lsu beat them last year (laughs) they beat them last year with this, and they bring the quarterback back that beat them. So, yeah, I mean, LSU's not a slappy team. Now they're going to probably disappoint a little bit, mm. but they're not a slappy team. So, you know, this this Florida team is they they've got a lot of questions to answer, and they could like that. There's some there's some games in there that I, I'm not too I'm not too sure of. Like the fact they get Florida State at home makes me feel a little bit better, but Florida State's good. They could lose that one. At Missouri, that's never easy, especially if Missouri's on fire at that point. Um at South Carolina, that might be woodshed type game that they, you know, feel better about themselves. The cocktail party is probably gonna be a woodshed game 
not in their favor. Uh, Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt will play him tough, but in the end, that'll be like a three touchdown game. So I don't know. Uh, he asked me about the Gators. I don't know. I still don't know. Probably won't know. We'll probably have an idea of what they're doing and then it'll all turn itself upside down. You know, you know how that goes. Like they're, they're a team that's just going to be very, very roller coaster like. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. We bring up Florida and we talk for 10 minutes on Florida because they're just the whole team's a question mark. And we didn't mm-hmm. even touch the defensive side of the ball, which oh boy. didn't they give up a 50 burger to Oklahoma last year? Uh, yeah. 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 I, I mean, Spencer Radler is good. We've discussed that, but he's, mm-hmm. Florida should not be giving up 50 points to anybody. Um, and, 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 uh, you know, people will say Florida just didn't want to be there, but there's a little bit of momentum that goes to the next season. Whenever you play in a bowl game, there's momentum that can be gained going into the spring practice and to the summer program into the next season by playing well in the bowl game. So if you act like you don't want to be there and you get beat, that stunts that momentum and it just ends it. Yeah, I mean, just think like what would what would we be saying if they fifty burgered Oklahoma? Mm-hmm. Like what what would we be saying if this score was flipped? Yeah, these guys are just ready right. for the next season. Everything's going, and just press look- forward to signing day. They look great. Mm-hmm. Let's go now. But the opposite, yeah. The opposite, since it happened to them, it's like what's going to happen to Florida now? Those fifty fifty games. Um, that you see on a schedule is like, oh, we'll toss up that one. We'll toss up that one. We'll toss up that one. It turns out to be four games instead of two. And games that shouldn't be toss ups mm-hmm. end up like Kentucky should, for Florida, for the Gators, Kentucky should never be a toss up game, but it is. Like that should never be a toss up. I, I will never forgive Dan Mullen for taking my favorite joke away from me. And that was, um, the Atlantic will beat Florida before Kentucky will. And then they let Kentucky come down to Gainesville and beat them. <laughs> oh, Dan Mullen. Mm. But he, he, he did start his head coaching career at Mississippi state. So there's that. Right. Um, sure. But you look at this defense, they have, I mean, they have the people, right. It's not like they're short yes, on talent. Florida. Yeah. They're not short on talent. They can recruit, but like Todd Grantham's still your defense coordinator. Like, I mean, he was at Georgia, you know, I'm sure he's a great guy, but the dude is not a college defensive coordinator. I'm sorry. I, I have to say that he is not a college defensive coordinator. It just, it, you can't have a playbook that's two miles thick. You can't, you can't have guys looking at the sideline, trying to get the call while the ball is being snapped. Like you can't do that. Like he's probably a pretty good defense. He's probably a pretty good position coach and he probably should be in the NFL, but like he should be like an NFL D line coach or something somewhere, you know, mm-hmm. like that, that's, you know, go, go work for the jets or somebody that has like a strong presence um, as a defensive head coach or, you know, but I, I just don't think he needs to be the defensive coordinator at Florida. And if I'm Dan Mullen, like how much, how much slack am I giving him? Right. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, this, I, I don't this, know. Like, this year feels like it. Yeah. And I, I think Dan Mullen knows it. I think he's feeling the pressure. He tried to get out, right? So he knows. Like he's like lobbying for NFL jobs. So you know he's like thinking about, hey, I don't really want to be here anymore. I don't know if that's actually 
true, but when you lobby for NFL jobs, whether you want to, whether it's because you want to be in the NFL or not, it's probably rooted in the fact that you don't want to be where you are mm-hmm. because there's something going on and you have a, and you have the, you end the season the way they ended the season makes you wonder, right? Makes you wonder like, this is like, this is that thing. Like, Hey, you get 50 piece in the bowl game. You, you lose a, you lose a well-fought shootout against Alabama, you know? Okay, cool. But you lose an embarrassing game against LSU that you had no business losing in a fashion that is by absolutely foot. atrocious. Yeah. They lost it by foot. Um, <laughs> like, you know, like that type of stuff happens. And now you're, now you're lobbying for NFL jobs. Mm. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm, maybe I got my tinfoil hat on. I don't know, but it just, you know, Gator fans, let me know. Like, I don't know. Like, I wonder yeah. how the Gator fans you, feel about that. If you disagree, just put in the comments below. Tell us why. Because right now I see them anywhere from second to fourth mm-hmm. in the SEC East. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I'm, I'm picking them right there at third. Um, and I'm, I'm back and forth between Missouri and Kentucky for that second spot. Uh, right now I'm giving the nod to Missouri because of, uh, because of Basilac. Mm. And Kentucky hasn't figured out their quarterbacks uh, situation yet, but um, that's the only like that's the that's the difference for me. All right, all right, we're we're going to take Harson out of this, but mm. out of the new coaches, Clark Lee. Um, Why are we taking Harson out? He's new. Well, he's new, but they're going to win seven games, so he would be the guaranteed answer. But Vanderbilt, Tennessee, South Carolina, which one has the momentum season? Tennessee. Tennessee? Really? Style of play. Oh, you think it's completely style of play? They could be 2-10, and 10, but because they're losing games 45-48, to 48, um, it's just going to feel different? Yeah, like I don't – like Vanderbilt's going to be right there. I think they're going to win. I think they're going to beat Vanderbilt. They're going to beat South Carolina. That's going to be the difference. Okay. okay just just so their style of play is very stressful to deal with. And is, Josh Heupel the- knows how to win. So that'll buy them. That'll buy them three right there. Yeah, the problem with that is, what do they have? Sixty-five scholarship players at this point. They'll figure um, it out. Yeah. <laughs> they'll figure it out. I mean, play, Vanderbilt's play, in the same boat. Yeah, South Carolina tempo. Oh. South Carolina offers scholarships to anybody, so you know we don't know what they have there. I do not trust South Carolina because you have somebody coming from Oklahoma, which is an air raid system, with a running quarterback. I just don't know how this is going to look. It's like Jalen Hurts at Oklahoma on steroids. You you have Kevin Harris as a running back. I, I mean, I guess that's that's good news, but you don't have much else. Yeah, people need to, yeah, people need to realize that uh, this team has gone from a spread offense to a power runner track tack. And now there's going to be some kind of an air raid system that is offensively. That, that is a recipe for struggling offensively for two, oh, maybe three years. That's offensive ADD, man. Yeah. It, it, it's terrible. Crazy. It's like the, it's like opposite day. It just yeah. one to the other, to the other. And it's like, it's Whoa, guys, yeah. it's going to take you three years just to get the players in there. They can do what you want them to do. Yeah. You got to like, it's a, it's a, I don't know, man. Like may, maybe they're just maybe they're just writing this season off as, hey, we're going to rebuild and try to get some momentum or something. I don't know, but they're going to. I don't know. They're yeah. definitely not the answer. Shane Beamer's yeah. not the answer. He's trying to figure things out. Hypel at least knows what to do. Like he's the one with the head coaching experience. 
Yeah, but so, he's going to tr- Heupel's going to try to do his stuff with players recruited to Jeremy Pruitt's system, his his anti offense system, where he his plan was to score ten points and win. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I mean that that the one that's actually the closest fit would be Clark Lee at Vanderbilt with what Vanderbilt was doing, and that's just because it's going from defensive coach to defensive coach. That's true, but mm-hmm. but. Uh, I, I think Tennessee does have some talent at the quarterback position. And mm-hmm. when Heupel has talent at the offensive or at the quarterback position, that could be trouble. Yeah. It, we need um, at Tennessee, you need a wide receiver to develop in the slot. You need a wide mm-hmm. receiver to develop outside and preferably a tight end. If that happens, they'll be able to get the high, low stuff, the hitches and all that, the stuff that he's just famous for. Because mm-hmm. Harrison Bailey can sling the ball. He's a great quarterback. He's going to do what he needs to do. They're going to they're gonna score points strictly. Like, they're going to score mm-hmm. probably a, a third of their points just based on tempo. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're going to go extremely fast. If you have any questions about how, how it's going to look, um, watch Ole Miss last year, um, Tennessee fans, and you can see exactly how your um, offense is going to look. Because Don't Jeff Levy and Hype – yeah, don't watch Nebraska. Don't watch Nebraska. It's a disaster. Because yeah. I know what Tennessee fans are going to do. They're going to watch Nebraska and see how the last UCF head coach that got a big, big time job did. And it, just a different animal. Like did, Nebraska sucks. They sucked before. Yeah. <laughs> and Tennessee at least has, Tennessee has a better roster than Nebraska. So that's apples and oranges. So don't, Tennessee fans, if you're listening to me, do not watch Nebraska because you will just stress yourself out. And you don't want to stress yourself out. Trust me. Yeah, and yeah, and, and Scott Frost is going to he's going to pull Frank Solich. Maybe he's the next quarterback in Ohio, or next head coach in Ohio. I don't know. Uh, he ain't going to Ohio, that's for sure. Uh, maybe he goes to. Uh, I'm trying to think. He goes. To, he'll go to like Central Michigan when uh, when the Shark Humper leaves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, See, Ole Miss is the land sharks, and Jim McElwain is a shark humper. Yeah, uh, that picture, good grief, good grief. I, like, even if it's photoshopped, I don't care. It's still, fun. yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, that is priceless. Um, let's see. Going through the league. Speaking of Auburn, we didn't bring them up last time. How do you see them adjusting to um, from Gus Malzahn to Brian Harson? How you expect them to look this year? They're going from a four three. With all the stuff they did, playing basically strictly man coverage to a mm-hmm. zone outlook three four with Derek Mason as well, that's going to be an adjustment. Um, just scheme wise, it's going to be an adjustment. I think Mason's going to have a better better grip on the defense. Mm-hmm. Um, he's you know for for all his faults as a head coach, I think he's a, I think he's a phenomenal defensive coordinator. So I really like that hire, and he'll get those guys to at least play hard while they're trying to figure things out. Offensively, it'll be. You know, how well does, does Harson and, and Bobo get along? How much of Bobo's influence is on the offense? Um, they're going to use the tight end for the first time and since Gus got there. Uh, so that'll be new. Tank Bigsby's going to be a – he's a dude. So they'll at least have that to lean on. Bo Nix will do some stuff. I don't know. But, but he's not going to he's not gonna get in shouting matches with Mike Bobo. That's for sure. That's not going to happen. I, I I hope he tries it because Bobo's going to put him in his place because that's how Bobo is. Like, yeah, you're, you're not shouting at Bobo. He's going to rip your head off. 
and play golf with it. So um, the transition's going to be interesting. Um, how fast do they try to figure it out? Like how fast can they adjust to like their offensive line worries me. Like they have some issues on the offensive line. They kind of do some gap scheme. They're going to do some gap scheme stuff. They're going to do some, some zone stuff. They'll probably have to major in zone outside zone to start out with. Cause they're going to run a lot of probably 11, 12 personnel yeah. early on. Uh, so or maybe even some 22 personnel, who knows? Um, but if you really want to look, um, take a look at what Boise's been doing. Like, if you really want to, if you really want a solid answer, take like part of what South Carolina did, or, or look, even look at Colorado State. Like, just just go watch Colorado State versus Boise, like from two years ago, and you'll kind of see what Auburn will be. Okay. I'm looking forward to that. But, of course, Brett Rippon is not walking through that door at Auburn. You you still have to deal with Bo Nix. And yeah, Tank, he's, Tank Bigsby is amazing. J.J. Pegues at tight end, 300 pounds, just just a dancing bear out there. And, dancing bear. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, just unbelievably nimble. And um, he has a chance to be a pretty special tight end in that system. Auburn's going to have to start finding a way to, to sign a high school offensive lineman. Yeah. Absolutely. Right? They're going to, they're going to have to find, they're going to figure that part of it out. But uh, I mean, I'm excited to see what they bring to the table. Um, Deandre Davis, I think is his name uh, is a quarterback kind of like in waiting. Uh, he's going to be somebody that I'm really excited about to see who comes into this offense. Uh, but Bigsby, Sean Shivers at running back, um, you know, TJ Finley comes in as a quarterback. So, you know, you're, you're, you're looking at you, that situation. TJ, yeah. Do you think TJ Finley has a chance to win the job? He wouldn't transfer in if everything was completely rosy. I mean, he has a chance. I, I don't yeah. know that he will, but he has a chance. Um, you know, I don't know. That's, um, that's, that's, a, that's that an took, interesting that's question. Weird that they took that um, commitment. Yeah. I, I thought that was strange that he went there because they have a pretty good situation with Davis and, and Nick's. I don't know why he, I don't know why he would try to, fit himself in there. Um, I, I thought he would go somewhere. I don't want to say downgrade, but like I, I thought maybe he would have gone over to the big 12 maybe, or gone to well, like, I was thinking Arkansas. Texas with Sark. Or yeah, go to Texas with Sark. Like I, mm. I was thinking he was a lock for Texas. Like that's where I would have yeah. gone if I was him. Cause like to play for Sarkeesian, are you kidding me? That'd be insane. Yeah. So, um, but Auburn's got to figure out a way to replace Seth Williams and Eli Stove. Uh, Seth Williams is that huge target that just makes that can make the range of catches and can run all the routes that you need him to run. Eli Stove is the is a burner. Mm. Um, but you know they they have um, you know Elijah Canyon. He's somebody that they can rely on. Anthony Schwartz, um, somebody that my Schwartz is bigger than yours. Um, so the, reference. Yeah, there you go. You like that, didn't you? Yeah. Half our audience probably never seen Spaceballs. Half of the audience probably isn't old enough to know that Spaceballs exist. They're like Spaceballs. What is that? Like yeah. a porn? Yeah. Um, but yeah, they 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 uh their their schedule their schedule lends them to to get some of the early kinks out as they they host Akron and Alabama State before going on the road to Penn State. That's a that's a cool game, right mm-hmm. there. Then they have Georgia State, who, if you ask Tennessee from two years ago, that that's not fun. 
Yeah. Is, Sh- is Sean Elliott them. still there? Probably. Yeah, don't take yeah. them lightly. Yeah. The Georgia State Panthers, is it a road game? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Playing at Turner Lucky. Field. <laughs> Turner Field, love it, man. Still got all the brave stuff up. Like, they haven't uh, taken that down yet. Oh, yeah, it's, it's pretty great. Um, you know, that's where quick. they play the high school games now, the high school championship games. Instead oh, really? The, instead it, of the Benz. Like Corky Kells there as well? Yeah, that's all there now. Like Arthur Blake said, Arthur Blake just gave the big middle finger to the high schools. Interesting. I did not, I did not know that. I enjoyed covering Corky Kell whenever um, I, I used to drive down there and do that as well when I worked at Rivals. Um, oh, yeah. I remember going down there with you. Yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. Let's yeah. we're, right before we get out of here today, we got about 13 minutes. Games of the year that we're looking for. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to AM and Bama because this could be the year because Bama's going to drop down a little bit. If AM can find the quarterback, that game can raise them up to the level. It should be a lot of fun to watch. It, it's going to be. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Even if Zach Calzada is, is the quarterback, I, I do think they can make it unscathed to that game. Uh, so that'll be fun. I'm looking at these week one games like, you know, Kentucky, UL Monroe. I mean, that's good. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but, you know, obviously Georgia Clemson. Uh, I'm looking forward to Ole Miss Louisville. I think that's a fun matchup. LSU, mm-hmm. UCLA. That's a cool matchup. Uh, you got also Alabama, Miami. That's a, that's fun. Um, and so I'm, I'm looking at those week that's, one. That, that's a sneaky, scary game week one for Bama. Bama is probably going to win the game by two or three touchdowns. It's probably going to look like USC um, a couple of years ago when Jalen Hurts got found. That's probably yeah. what it's going to look like. But Miami has the offensive players, and De'Aaron King is a special player mm-hmm. to make that game scarier than it should be. Mm-hmm. Now we say that, and Bama's going to – yeah. 50 piece them. So, yeah, because because still is Manny Diaz, right? Yeah. Um, I, I'm looking forward the, the same week that Bama plays AM is Georgia Auburn, which to me is weird. That's just a weird game. Uh, that's on the because planes it, this year, right? It's on the planes, but it's always that game should be like that game should have never been moved out of November. Like that game should never be a, a, an October game. Um, late in the season. Uh, I really this Ole Miss LSU game has me fired up. Um, I'm I'm I think that's going to be a good one. I think that'll be something that you know look out if Ole Miss has got any sort of momentum like that could really that could really be dangerous. Um, I like so I like that. Um, I like when does Ole Miss play Alabama? That's early in the season. That's their first. That's that might be their first test. Yeah, it is their first test. Well, their first test is Louisville. Louisville is not a not no. A I'm, talking, I'm talking about Alabama. <laughs> I mean, no, I'm talking about Louisville. Like you're talking about Alabama. I'm talking. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, I. Let's just say they. Let's just say they upset that game, right? Let's just say they win that. Hmm. So then, then you come down. Let's say, I mean that the next game against Arkansas is not that's not nothing to shake a stick at. Then then you come down to LSU, you win that game. Then it's Auburn. Auburn could be either riding high or or, or falling apart. You're looking at the 11-13 game against AM, possibly for the West. Like, how awesome would that be? 
Yeah, that that atmosphere in Oxford would be would rival the 2003 Ole Miss LSU game. Um, yeah, you no, know, it would be something like that. The 2014 Bama game, yeah. the the 2012 Texas game. Um, that's mm-hmm. that's what Oxford would be like if if it got to there and actually be meaningful. And I, it, I'm 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 curious to see what happens. I'm looking forward to those big games. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not necessary. I don't put Auburn in the category of games of the year, but um, Alabama, LSU, and A&M versus Ole Miss, all of them are worth, going to be worth watching. Yeah, Al- Alabama versus A&M, Ole Miss, LSU. Those are the four teams that have me intrigued. And yeah. then, then you have like the um, Auburn, Mississippi State, and Arkansas that you're, you hope you don't stumble, uh, stumble against. Yeah, I mean the the cocktail party is always mm-hmm. always great. A watching e- even just for the sheer fact that you tune in at the end of the game and half the stadium is empty, mm-hmm. like it's noticeable. Like it's it's one of the coolest things ever because you know half the stadium is packed and going nuts, and the other half is all empty seats. So that's that's always fun. Um, I'm looking forward to the trinity of games uh, for the uh, for the least valuable team, Tennessee, Vandy, and, and South Carolina, like the the, tri- the the tri- the holy trinity of ineptitude, right? To to see which um see which who finishes might, yeah. DFL, yeah. <laughs> dead. Do you know what last? Yes. I don't know if I can say the F. I don't know if I can drop an F bomb. I think it might be too early for that. I, I'm not. I don't have enough uh, Sammy Adams in me yet. Yeah. But I mean, it should be quite interesting to that. And, and you I mean, at, let's be honest; it's the SEC. Every game, every yeah. game's cool. That Florida so. Alabama game on the from the Florida perspective is unbelievably intriguing because this mm-hmm. is going to be their first test to see mm-hmm. if Emory Jones is the guy. Because if yeah. he's not, they're screwed. They're absolutely screwed. Because at that point, you're getting ready to go into October. Yeah, and then you know you got Bama, Georgia. Ole Miss coming out and LSU coming out of the gates with a test with a, mm-hmm. with a P five game, you know, especially Georgia with matching up against Clemson. Like, oh, I, that's going to be a fun game. Um, I guess like DJ Ugalele, I think is his name. DJ Ungulele, I think I call him ukulele, uh, uh, or, or just call him Big Cinco. Yeah, but this Big is a Cinco. this is a kid that has one maybe two starts that he got because of COVID last year. Mm-hmm. That was with Derek Etienne in the backfield. That was with yeah, weapons Travis on the outside. Yeah. I mean, because Clemson, Clemson doesn't recruit as well as you would think they would. They're not Alabama. Mm-mm. They're a pretty consistent seven to eleven recruiter, and that means if there's a drop off, it might go down to like nine and three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they just they're they're not quite as deep as everybody thinks they are, mm-hmm. um, and they, they certainly don't have the depth of an SEC team. Now they are a clear cut favorite in the ACC, mm-hmm. hands down. Um, but like you've noticed lately, there's teams that's been able to fluster Brent Venables. Like you've you've seen kind of some of the I don't know what you would say, but some of the concerns that he has, like matching up against certain things personnel tempo things like that like you see you saw for like for the first time you know for the first time this was like when LSU won the won the natty like that was the first time I'd ever seen that befuddled look on Brent Venables's face yeah usually he figures it out like usually 
you, you don't you get him and that's you know like you only you only get like one or two shots of getting him and then he figures it out and beats your ass in the second half um but but that year like he was befuddled he had no answers for LSU uh last year against Ohio State Ryan Day took him to the woodshed mm. no answers so n- now you're starting to see like okay I don't. I don't want to be quick to say is the book out on Brent Venables, but like he he doesn't quite have that appeal that he had two years ago. Yeah, and sometimes with Clemson, like I said, they're like an eight to eleven range recruiter, mm-hmm. and you can out talent teams in the ACC, especially in the ACC. Mm-hmm. Once you get into the playoff, you need that special player or those special players to make plays. Because you are not going to have the talent advantage against Alabama, against Ohio, and they didn't State. have that on defense. Yeah, yeah. They, they didn't have that guy. No, they had their emotional leader who all he knows all he knows is targeting. Yeah, um, like two straight national championship games. Good. <laughs> Come on, man! You think you'd learn? Like, don't don't lean with your head. Yeah, like, oh man. Um, what's his name? Played for the Arizona Cardinals way back in the day. Pat Tillman? No, 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 no. Um, it was the other guy, the one with the broken nose all the time because he would always just lead with it, like Cliff Anita, Curtis or uh, something. something like that. I, can't, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. He always, he always had the – yeah. Yeah. His, that, that, he always had black eyes because – Yeah, because he was used his helmet as a weapon. I mean, he's going to have CTE guarantee at this point just because yeah. of the way he played. Yeah. But – that poor linebacker just plays that way. And against Alabama and against, you know, against Ohio State, it's going to come up because they have better players than you. And now you don't have Trevor Lawrence. You don't have Derek Etienne. And I, I'm going to say show me because um, when it comes to Clemson, I'm thinking um, since we're doing ACC after dark, um, yeah. UNC and Miami, I'm, I'm really looking forward to. And Florida State could jump up and get them this year. So what do you think about Syracuse? I mean, let's let's go ahead and go ACC after dark. Let's go Syracuse. Hey, you know, <laughs> I like I, I like Dino Babers because he does I not do. have an offensive playbook, and right. that has always just fascinated me. And yeah. um, I, I like Dino, um, but they are oh, going to struggle because they just do not have the Jimmys and Joes. Yeah, they're Syracuse, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're in freaking Syracuse, New York, man. Good luck recruiting to that, you know. Donovan McNabb ain't walking through these doors, but I love, I love Dino. I, I hope he gets another chance somewhere. Um, I, I mean, speaking of ACC teams, a team I really enjoy watching is uh, is, is Wake Forest. Like you watch you've, them, you've man. Always, they are. You've always liked Wake. That they was your are team back freaking, in the day. Yeah, they are freaking scrappy, man. They mm-hmm. they they get after it, and they you know I just love the way they play. Like they they've been like there's a few years between Clawson and uh, Jim Grobe where they were horrendous and they were like unwatchable but like i'll watch wake forest for unc if there's nothing else on of course yeah Corey but, used to sit next to me at rivals and talking about the wake forest offense from back in 2008 with riley skinner and those guys oh uh, the orange bowl team yeah yeah and, and and just how he was just fascinated with their short passing game and what they were doing and that also you know eventually that led to you being you know basically mm-hmm. an offensive coordinator where you are yeah, I, I, you know, I, I, I'm not gonna lie. I mean, I didn't like take the full concepts from them, but I, I looked at some things and kind of how they did did some things, and mm-hmm. I really kind of like what they do with their jet sweep game, or what they did with uh, Steve Lobotsky as their offensive coordinator. I remember listening to him a few times, and 
I mean, it all made sense, man. It, it was all good. It was all really, really good stuff. And, um, I was impressed. Like, I was like, if they ever figure out how to recruit, man, they're going to be pretty tough, but they hadn't figured that part out yet. I don't think they care because, because they're Wake Forest. Cause they're Wake Forest. Like they're like, Hey, you get a degree from Wake Forest, man. You're, you're, you're set. So it's a great school. And they're, they're one of those schools that just, they haven't figured out that you can athletics and academics can coexist. Like for a minute, they had Chris Paul and Tim Duncan, but yeah, not together. Obviously. That was that was back when basketball was basketball and fun to watch. And oh man, don't give me man. do not get me started on basketball. People yeah. would be coming out of the woodwork going, Corey, man, you you are terrible. But I I yeah. really mm-hmm. really really do not like basketball. Like I watched for a minute when the Hawks were making their run this year mm-hmm. in the NBA in the NBA conference finals. But it's not watchable. I cannot watch basketball. Like the sport, they they got to do something. They got to like. They got to figure out a way to have the NCAA and the NBA coexist. Like it's not gonna, like you're you're not gonna get anywhere. Yeah, it's like with, it's, with like, it's like 1997 happened, and then just basketball went on a steady decline. Yeah, Michael Jordan retired. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, much. you know, Michael Jordan retired. It turned into the ISO game, right? Yeah. Like you had like you had dudes, but. You didn't like get the dream team, man. Like every, every team had a had a freaking superstar, oh. and they weren't they weren't moving all around. I know I sound like the old man get off my lawn right now, but I mean it's true. Like yeah. basketball was more physical. Basketball was just, you know, yeah, there's no bad boys now. No, they're like shoot, those guys would be arrested. Yeah, back in the day in the NBA, um, in the Eastern Division or Eastern Conference, if you scored 87 points, you had a good offensive night. Now, if you mm-hmm. score 125, it was a down night. Yeah, you're talking about, well, man, he can't shoot. <laughs> um, but, like, like, do you think LeBron would be freight training coming down the lane with Rick Smits and Aaron McKee and the Davis brothers no, an- for the Anthony, Pacers? Anthony Mason. Think or Anthony him. Mason or good those Nick teams. Or – Freaking Lambeer. <laughs> oh yeah. In the Pistons. They would, like, they they would absolutely take a shot. Do you think you like even Kevin McHale and Larry Bird would put him and Parrish and those guys would, would would have something to say about that? I mean, like, I don't think LeBron plays the way he does in the nineties. Yeah. I mean, obviously he would adjust. Yeah, and now you don't have anybody that there's you never hear anything like similar to the Jordan rules or hack a shack. Uh, where they just mauled these guys because that was the only way to stop them, and you just weren't going to score a basket. This is around yeah. basketball now, right? around the NBA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. man. I'm Ken. I'm, I'm Chuck. Man, you know that's terrible. <laughs> you know you gotta like you know when I was playing, you know that I would get hacked. Man, I would just dish the ball to Dr. J, and I just get the hell out of the way. Man, I man, I was terrible. <laughs> now, um. Yeah, they you know the NBA. I just you know it. They got to figure out something, man. They got to like, they got to bring back hand checking. They got to bring back like, just because, just because somebody hits the deck doesn't mean it's a flagrant flagrant one ejection. Also, um, they got to like basketball fell for the analytics trick. Baseball fell for the analytics trick, and both of them are struggling to find viewers at this point. Mm-hmm. Well, baseball, right. baseball is a whole different. Nobody, animal. nobody can hit a fastball anymore. This is absolutely crazy. You got that one dude for the Angels, Otani. 
Love watching him. Oh, that dude is special, like Babe Ruth special. In this age of basically less than baseball players. He'll um, strike you out, then take you yard in the same game. He's like Babe Babe Ruth 1919. Yeah. And, I, you know, for, for baseball, I will say what baseball has going for it is some of these young guys like Tatis and Vlad Guerrero Jr., Bichette's son, Acuna. Uh, Acuna, you know, some of these younger guys that have a lot of flair. Like, I'm all for that, man. Baseball needs it, you know. Screw these unwritten rules. And there needs to be some rivalries. There needs to be some trash talking. There needs to be some bat flipping. There needs to be some good old-fashioned fastballs taken deep, you know. There's just got to be, it, it, you know, it's just got to get nasty again. Like some of these rivalries just got to get nasty. Like there's got to be a good Yankees Red Sox brawl again, right? Yeah, it, it, yeah. It's too too antiseptic, and it's basically like a home run hitting con, comp, competition, and that that's keeping me from watching. Yeah, um, I just I, I can't do it, and the yeah. Braves. And the Braves suck. That doesn't help now, too. Yeah, so. and and Lane Kiffin, I brought it all the way back to football. Lane Kiffin's all about the analytics and with what he's doing. But analytics hadn't gotten to the point in which ruined college football at this point. A- analytics has a part. Mm. It, I mean, let's just be honest. It has a part, but it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be the main part. Like, you should use analytics to your advantage, but really it's like it's instincts, it's coaching, it's knowing these situations. But like analytics should take you to a certain point. And then yeah. from that point, it's all like and that's what I think Lane Kiffin has done that. I think Lane Kiffin has used it well. Mm. Um, obviously, because he's been successful. I think Sarkeesian uses it well. Um, you know, I think he uses it for what it's worth. It's just a very small piece of the pie, not the pie like it is for baseball. So, yeah, it's going to be pretty big. I, I think we probably need to get out of here tonight. This is our regular night for SEC After the Dark. Mm-hmm. After Dark, we're going to do this um, weekly from here on. We're also eventually, from time to time, going to do a USFL show, I think, um, because I'm just stupid enough to want to do that. And well, we'll- in, in the spring, when, when, it, when it does come time for USFL, SEC After Dark will be USFL After Dark. So yeah, There we go. There we go. We can do USFL After Dark. We, we, can, do some, we can do some UCFL episodes, like just keep the football train going. Yeah, I, I'm, I, I'm a lifelong Tampa Bay Bandits fan. Um, Look at you, man. Yeah. and So um, you were South Florida before it was cool to be South Florida. Yeah. Our original Steve Spurrier, 1983, 84. <laughs> You know, the older I've gotten, I've really started to really appreciate Steve Spurrier, mm. uh, like, and and his press conferences and the things he says. Yeah, it's fantastic. I'm looking forward to the USFL. A new story came out today that um, they're trying to find an owner and everybody, but people are starting to there's starting to be some interest peaked for an owner operator <laughs> for the San Antonio Gunslingers. Um, they just have they just have the best nickname in the USFL. Go I'll, ahead, I'll go. Okay. I'll go to San Antonio. Yeah. Pick me. I'll be yeah. the GM. Pick me. Um, pick me. It'll be fantastic. It'll be truly amazing. Quite frankly, I will uh, not ruin the league this time around. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. I but, heard the Generals need a GM, <laughs> and some guy named Herschel. He could still play. 
All right. But that is SEC After Dark. Thank you very much for tuning in. Um, we will be back next week with more more SEC football. Media Day is going on, so we'll have that those storylines to talk about next week. But for oh, yeah, Corey, George, George is up first, man. So yeah. I'll have plenty to talk about. Yeah. For Corey, I'm Steve. Um, we'll see you next week. Cheers. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.